Hey guys, I'm Jordan Fromer. I believe in hunting hard, hunting smart, and having a fun time while doing it. And shooting limits? Well, that's just the icing on the cake. I revel in the journey just as much as the successes it brings. From ducks to dogs to decoys and guns, we'll be talking tactics, strategies, and what it takes to get the job done. Load up and take aim. This is the Duck Gun Podcast. What's going on, folks? Thanks for joining me on another episode of the Duck Gun Podcast. I'm Jordan from Duck Gun Chronicles, and it is time for a new podcast. Actually, it's well past time for a podcast. Had a little bit of a hiatus um, from sometime in December till now at the end of January. So um, a lot of stuff has changed, and it's time for some big updates. But the format for today's podcast is going to be a Q and A. So um, I dropped that over there in the Fellowship of the Duck Gun, which is the podcast group for the podcast. Um, and you guys, if you're not in there, you're missing out, definitely jump over there and check it out. But first up, let's go ahead um, and check out these comments So, uh, or these questions for the Q&A. Um, and we'll go from there. Like I said, there's... Plenty of updates updates um, from it. Um, also kind of cover the end of my waterfowl season. And we'll go from there. So um, first off, a couple updates. And probably the, the most somber update I've ever had to have is that Chief has passed away. So um, definitely not an easy thing to talk about. Um, I will try to give as many details as I as I can to share with you guys, I know that a lot of you uh, followed along and, uh, um, you know, you've seen Chief uh, from the beginning of uh, being pretty much a pup just learning in the the first season of Duck and Chronicles, um, seven seasons over there on YouTube, and until, um, you know, this season, season seven. So, um, yeah, definitely, definitely a, a tough thing to go through on all all dog owners, uh, especially those of us that have hunting dogs, um, you know, it's uh, something that that you know is going to be part of it. Dogs don't live forever, and there comes a time where we got to say goodbye. So, um, been a tough month on that front for sure. So, um, you know, that's uh, honestly that's part of the reason why we've had such a hiatus of the podcast. Anytime I've thought about talking about Chief on the podcast, I'm just like, man, I don't, I don't think I can do it. It's been um, a little over three weeks, so. But yeah, so some of the questions on here um, that I got from people uh, was about Chief. So, um, you know, uh, a lot of people condolences, uh, a lot of messages, a lot of text messages, calls from buddies. Um, so I really appreciate everybody uh, reaching out and. Um, you know, I was, most of the time I was pretty short in my responses just because it's, uh, you know, uh, it's tough to, to say anything, but just, uh, I really appreciate everybody that reached out and, um, had kind words to say about chief. Uh, so many, so many people, um, just saying, you know, uh, some of the crazy stuff, just hearing people that, uh, really, uh, I guess looked up to, to chief as a, as a duck dog and, um, got their, their first lab as a result of it or, or started training a dog as a result of it and, and, uh, tried to, you know, um, make their dogs somewhat like chief, which is 
pretty cool to hear. You know, Chief and me, we both started out from pretty much not knowing anything about waterfowl and, and took the whole um, journey together, you know, from, from the YouTube side of it to uh, uh, to the hunting too. Um, his first season and my first season, that was the, you know, and, and the first season on YouTube all collided as one uh, launching point for for everything we've done from content to hunting to to learning about duck hunting to doing my best to become the best duck hunter um I could be and doing my best to to bring chief up to be the best duck dog he could be and um he was he was one heck of a dog you know uh he did have did have some flaws but they they were not from him they're just from me being a first time trainer you know his desire to to please and desire to retrieve was, you know, second to none. His nose was um, impeccable, um, and he will be dearly missed as far as uh, waterfowl seasons go. And then uh, kind of leading into that first question we had from Tim. So Tim asked what happened to Chief. So um, Chief had some seizures, so wasn't something I was 100% sure about. Um, there's one time in the past I thought he had a seizure, um, but then he just popped out of it and he was fine. And I was like, um, either he was just having a crazy dream that I couldn't wake him up for. And that's kind of what, what I said. It was so minor that, that that's what I went along with, but hindsight's twenty twenty, and, and maybe there was something more to it. So, um, it was late in the evening and he was having seizures and, um, I got him and I, I carried him. Um, I don't, I don't know exactly what I was going to do, but I was just trying to, take him and, um, wake him up and, and, uh, get him, get him back on his feet. But, uh, he came out of the seizures and, um, you know, he just, he just laid there. He was real slow and lethargic and, um, and then he, he went back into him. And so at that point I was like, all right, this is a, a true emergency and, uh, called three or four vets and none of them were open. This was after hours. Like I said, I think it was about 1030 at night. Um, maybe even a little later, but finally I got a hold of one and they want to know if that I was the closest one to them and, or if, if, if I had any closer to me besides them and said, I couldn't find any other. Um, and they said they checked, double check and, and sure enough, they were the closest. They were over an hour away. So, um, I, I set chief in the back of the truck and sped off flashers on and, um, doing my best to to get going and and uh, every once in a while he'd come out of the the seizures, um, but he's he was uh you know he just wasn't doing well and I'll leave some of the the details out of it, um, but uh, just going as fast as I could to try to get him to the vet in time and uh, ended up getting pulled over along the way and uh, the officer was uh, you know said he stopped me for two reasons. And one of them was I was going 30 over the speed limit. And I'm like, hey, man, my dog's dying in the back seat. And uh, he gave me the green light to, to go ahead. He said, all right, just get on and um, go. And I'm like, I just got to get him to the vet as fast as I can. So at that point, I thought things were kind of, you know, going going my way a little bit. You know, he, he let me uh, keep going, um, taking the dog to the vet. So he was a, he was a good guy for that, for sure. Um, and then... By the time I got him to the vet, though, he was he was uh, all but gone. I lifted him out of there, and he was foaming at the mouth, and I could just tell it was he was super warm. So, um, like I said, leave some of the details out of it, but 
had to say goodbye to Chief that night. Like I said, not easy to not easy to talk about for sure. So, um, as hunters, we all we all know there's a time for our dogs, and and it's it's short. We make the best of it, and man, it's just uh, awesome to have these companions that we do out there in the field. So I haven't put anything out on YouTube about it, but uh, I'll find a way to let the people that are on the YouTube channel as well know. I made a post on Instagram um, a little bit here and there. It's just, uh, you know, um, not something that uh, (laughs) I'm just over eager to to post about, you know, as as far as that. But I do feel like, you know, uh, people who followed along uh, deserve to um, to know about it and deserve to to hear about it and, and the details. And, um, you know, I've had a lot of people ask and, and I uh, just wanted to get the full, the full uh, details out there to, to all the people who, who care about chief and have watched him for years on the channel. And, um, just can't say how much I, I appreciate all the people that have followed along and, and, uh, complimented him and, and enjoyed watching him. Um, I'm in the same boat, you know, I'm glad I have all those videos for, for years to come to, to, check them check back in and and uh you know relive some of the memories all right let's go ahead and move on um while i still can um so the next next update we got another uh big one huge one for um the channel is or not the channel but the podcast is um elliot and i have decided to um split ways as far as uh what we work on together for business and uh anytime something like that happens in any uh entertainment or any industry or whatever you want to call it um you know people are going to speculate and talk and i mean we've we've done podcast together for um five years so it's been it's been awesome to have him on there um you know he's he's uh definitely a great friend um and i'm sure we will uh, continue that friendship it's nothing negative um as far as like um how we feel about each other uh it's more of a a business choice there's just only so much time that you can work on stuff um you know whether it's a podcast or hunt stats or youtube videos and um you know it's just it's hard for two uh grown men with uh full-time jobs and families and and everything else our hunting schedule to always make it work and we've done great you know for for five years of it um you know as far as we're both i'm sure we're both hoping that that each other uh succeeds in in our our future endeavors and you know i can say this about elliot no he's just uh if if i was ever to have um a mentor as far as a duck hunter you know he would have been it you know um just I started out, I was so green, even while I was making my first YouTube videos, even while we uh, first started this, uh, this podcast, um, you know, I, I was just super green. So, you know, something that I'll, you know, look back on and, and just be super glad that I had him, um, to kind of help me find my way as far as waterfowl and as far as, uh, you know, doing my best to have good ethics as far as a duck hunter. And, and he's just a, a great example, um, on that front. And so, um, not only that, but he's just so well versed in waterfowl. He's so, 
Uh, he has a lot of great takes on, on a lot of different things. So um, just really appreciate the, the time that, that uh, um, he was on the podcast with me. And uh, I wish him nothing but the best. You know, he asked me, uh, what are you going to tell people? How are you going to tell people? And we actually decided this in December. And so after that, I took a little mini hiatus and I was supposed to, you know, my plan was to kind of pop in the beginning of the year. Um, but then with chief, you know, I ended up being uh, kind of doubling the, the hiatus instead of getting back on it. But he asked me how I was going to let people know and, and, and um, all that. And, um, I, you know, I just made jokes about how I was going to talk about how he hates Southerners and, and, uh, elitist and full choke and you know all these things he's not he doesn't use full choke just to be just to be clear but you know there's jokes in the past we've had running running jokes and um some great great times great memories <laughs> hopefully they're two-sided um but yeah um so that's just the the nitty-gritty on there maybe not as drama filled as you guys would hope um i definitely hope that uh i'll have him on again in the future um, as a guest instead of a, a co-host. So, um, but Elliot, if you're listening, good luck on all you got going on. Uh, I know you're gonna succeed. All right, let's just keep going down the list as far as what we got here um, for the Q and A. So, tons of people just saying sorry to hear about Chief. Um, you know, and we got more questions as far as uh, Elliot, and I do have questions as far as um what the plan will be for the podcast now that um, he's not for, he's not going to be on it. Um, uh, so the plan right now is not to have another co-host. You know, I might, I might make a, um, a, a clickbait title, you know, co-host uh, resumes or, you know, whatever. But it, uh, for now uh, I am going to be flying solo. You know, some of um, uh, some of the, your guys' favorite podcasts by the numbers anyway, last year were um, when I was doing uh, the trips, and doing podcasts from the road. And I really enjoyed that. It was something different, something different from what we've done in the past. I've done a lot, you know, here in the basement here with, uh, um, guests. Um, and it was just nice to have some from the road, uh, this year. Um, you know, in particular, I think about the the Iowa trips were great having, uh, Tim and Hunter on there and, and some of my other buddies that came with me on those podcasts, just a unique way of kind of day by day. Um, going through the hunts and, and our plans and what went right and what went wrong and uh, the, the scout and, and all that. And not to mention the ones that I did uh 50, 50 with uh, um, outdoor limits and um, his podcast as well um, when we did our North Dakota trip. So those definitely in season, I'm going to do my best to, to do as many of those as possible um, because I enjoy them. You guys enjoy them um, during season. Uh, I will, Definitely be getting some great guests on. I actually have one lined up for next week, um, and it'll be exciting to uh, get on some great guests and and uh, continue on with uh, with that on the podcast. So stay tuned, guys, for all of that and uh, and more than I, I don't even I, uh, have planned yet. But I'm sure there's going to be some great stuff for the podcast. All right, let's hear. Oh, I'm reading my own question there, so. Um, oh, and Matt, he also asked what happened to the, the flyway, Matthew Brown. He asked what happened to the flyways group as well as, uh, Elliot being off the podcast. Um, so nothing's really happened with the flyways group. It's just, we have six guys from different States with, uh, different jobs and different openers. And it's just like 
so many dates that were conflicting. It was really hard to get a group together. Two years ago, um, I had an emergency surgery, and we called it off because of that. I couldn't come um, to the Flyers Collective. We tried to find a different week, and um, I don't know exactly why why we called it off, um, but it just kind of fell apart once I was um, <clears throat> wasn't going. So, um, and then from there, we didn't even try this year. Like I said, it's just a lot. It's a lot to get going, a lot to get everybody on board with. Um, but, you know, there's still uh, guys getting together from the Flyways here and there. Um, I think everybody in the Flyways Collective had some type of collab with another member of the collective this year, except for Titus. So if I'm thinking me and me and uh, Josh went to North Dakota, Elliot and Matt and Thomas were part of um, – uh, that get together in Nebraska. I can't remember what they called it. Um, uh, I can't, it's, it's, uh, um, it's, uh, <laughs> slipping my mind right now, but I know that some other guys with them, chasing green, Jordan harvest. I can't remember. Oh, Aiden was there too. Uh, golden boy, uh, from freelance duck hunting too. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, some of us, some of us are still getting together. Uh, I think we'll still continue that here and there, but as far as an all out, six guys from the flyways collective getting together in the future. I'm never going to say never. If, if we can make it happen, um, then great. I don't think that I'll personally, uh, um, take charge of that again and, and try to plan it just because like I said, it's so hard to do. But the, the one thing that we do have in the flyways collective, um, that Josh is really heading up is the, the final approach. We're all part of final approach, um, which is a, a great partner. So, uh, great, Great waterfowl gear, and and like I said, all the Flyways members are a part of it, which is super cool. So we still have some stuff going, but as far as an all-six group, six-person, six-channel collab, um, never say never. Hopefully it does happen again. I I will say I enjoyed it, but it's it's tough to get going. Alrighty, continuing down the questions. And just bear with me as I try to keep this rolling and um, and uh, read these questions as well. <laughs> uh, Zach Conrad asked, uh, what do you know about the Mallard population decline in Michigan? Any new studies? Um, so that actually is the guest that I'm having on the podcast. I saw they have some studies uh, coming up uh, from the decline of Michigan waterfowl. Super interested to, to hear about it. Um, and that guest is lined up. So hopefully it happens. Um, you never know. I've, I've had plenty of guests lined up that don't, uh, <laughs> don't follow through. So hopefully uh, that happens, but that'll be great. Alrighty. Um, Carl asked, where can I listen to the podcast? He's in the, he's in the fellowship, but apparently not for the podcast. Um, but the podcast is on all uh, podcast platforms. If you're hearing this, then you already know that. So, um, let's keep going. Uh, Max said, sorry to hear about chief. I know Elliot started his own podcast and that's, that is that why he is off? No, it's not why he's off. Um, I think that it's just something he wanted to, to do. So, um, you know, when we talked about it right away, he was kind of saying that was, uh, something he, he had been thinking about. So, um, you know, good for him. It's the North American waterfowler. Um, um, which is the name that he's changing the hunt stats to, which I don't think I mentioned that. So when I say, when I said at the beginning that as far as what we're doing, like we would still collab together. It's not like we're a 
enemies or something like that. I just want to make it clear. But we were working on hunt stats together and the podcast, and we kind of both just took uh, separate things and went our own way with it. Um, we also did the Patreon together as well, um, and um, I'm no longer in the Patreon group um, for the podcast support you know that we had over there. That's That's no longer a thing as far as uh, me being a part of it. So Elliot's still running that. He's still running hunt stats, which uh, I know you guys probably heard us talk about the name change North American waterfowler. I'm not sure if he's changed it or not, but I'm sure he's planning to move forward with that. And that's the name of his new podcast. But while we mentioned it, guys, um, I did create my own uh, Patreon for uh, the podcast and for my YouTube channel. Um, So if you haven't, checked it out or if you were on the previous one that we had going for the podcast um you can feel free to jump over to the new one and i'm just gonna have to find it real quick um and give me one second here <laughs> and you just have to search me over there on patreon um for duck and chronicles or duck and podcast um call on the patriot the Patreon group, the Duck Gun Club. So um, there's two tier lists on there for support. Uh, one is the exclusive content. Um, I'm sure once we get the Patreon going again, I'll, I'll start live streaming these again, like we did in the last Patreon group. Um, and uh, early content, I got a bunch of hunts that didn't make didn't make it on the YouTube channel just from lack of time to getting them edited, and, and those will be coming out through the off season as I get them done. So you guys will get kind of the first take at that exclusive content. And, and who knows, maybe I'll do some exclusive podcast as well for the, the Patreon group. Um, something just to show you guys um, that I am uh, super excited to have you over there and supporting the channel. Um, definitely means a lot uh, having you guys support uh, the, the podcast and the um, YouTube channel. Uh, the second tier is something new I'm going to be doing. Uh, it is for um, being a better duck hunter. It's really for beginners, but it could be uh, for um, for people who've been doing it a while as well. I've just I just know so many guys who who just seem to to struggle on waterfowl. I'm like, I, I don't think it needs to be that way. There just can be some some changes. So it's I'm calling it the ultimate duck hunter. Um, we're gonna have monthly meetings with, and I've limited it to. Uh, um, I've limited to five uh, members. We have monthly meetings, and the whole goal is to take you through um, everything I do um, as far as trying to, to shoot more ducks and geese through the season and help you guys from map scouting to uh, talking about your hunt and what happened on it and what could have been better and, and ways to just, by the end of the season, you know, to, to become uh, a better duck hunter. So uh, that is the second tier. Uh, which, which I said is uh, super exclusive, super limited on the number of people who can jump into that. So um, let's continue on. All right. Uh, Chris asks, where do babies come from? Well, you're just going to have to ask your mom and dad on that one. Um, Neil Wilson. Uh, so sorry to hear about Chief losing our duck dogs uh, is losing our best friend. Uh, what's the off season plans? Um, you know, I don't really have a ton of off season plans this year. One thing I, I do want to do, um, guys, I have to put like uh, a disclaimer on these because a lot of times plans just don't uh, pan out in the off season. But 
Uh, definitely one of my goals is to uh, find some some more spots, knocking some doors, get some yeses, um, especially on places that I can build blinds. Uh, that's something I think that'd be fun to build a blind. Um, we got one spot that we hunted uh, last year, and I think we're going to build a blind on it. It's hunter spot. Um, so hopefully that can happen and just be really cool to build a blind. We did it in the, the snake swamp. I'll probably readjust that one again um, and do some stuff like that. So if I could build some blinds, you know, three or four would be awesome. You know, one plus adjust in the snake swamp would be um, pretty realistic. But, um, you know, I'd love to get more of that and, and make some uh, video series, building blinds, finding new locations to hunt, that kind of stuff. All right, Kyle Lindsay says, I'd love to hear about your experience with different parts of the of the country's duck hunting, ethics, water swatting, setting up blinds, or decoys the night before a hunt act. So he's pretty much talking about cliche things uh, everywhere. He goes on to say, I've traveled around to hunt a bunch, and it seems like every part of the country has at least a thing or two that is acceptable somewhere else, but there it is close to sacrilegious. So, um, yeah, um, it, it probably depends because a lot of times I travel and I'm and I'm uh, <laughs> not necessarily hunting with locals. Um, but, yeah, there's definitely some things. Like I'll say in Iowa, man, uh, as far as ethics there, it's A-OK to set up like 100 yards from people, which was just mind-blowing to me. So, <laughs> um, you know, and it's an overpopulated area, hunting in the, the Mississippi River. Um, it just seemed like, you know, uh, I think in Kansas that would probably be sacrilegious. Um, for sure. So, um, yeah, different parts of the country and different ethics. I'm trying to think of other examples. Um, you know, North Dakota, you can, uh, a lot of places, if it's not marked, you can, uh, go on people's property. So that's, uh, definitely, uh, that's, I guess that's a legal thing, not necessarily ethics. Um, but yeah, there, there's definitely differences across the country for sure. I'm struggling to, to think of exact examples of that. Um, you know, but as far as water swatting, um, I don't know, man. I don't feel like there's any difference between a, a water swat, a water swat, and a haybird. Hey, there's no uh, more giving it a chance, uh, no more uh, giving it a sporting chance. I know uh, Matt from High Pro Sportsman would would kind of <laughs> beg to differ, but I get it. It's like uh, as far as why people do that, but as far as realistically what it's doing, it's it's not any better. It might even be worse. So, um, but tradition, Grandpa said to do it this way kind of gets passed down and, and the negativity um, from water swatting comes from the market day hunters who almost took hunting to extinct using punt guns on boats. And so I get the negative um, uh, feelings towards that stuff. Um, and then, yeah, every, every different place has different laws on blinds or overnight decoys. Um, yeah. So whatever they can do everywhere just to make it as fair as it can be um, as far as uh, competing with other hunters um, would, would, uh, be my, would be my thought on the whole thing. What is the best camouflage when, when looking into investing once and to invest once? Um, that's a tough one, man, especially if you're thinking about like waiters, waiters, um, are tough because, um, you know, uh, waiters just leak. There's no way around it. So the best thing to do is find a, um, a reputable company like Final Approach, one of our partners, um, that has uh, access to uh, customer service that's easy to, to talk to, easy to reach out to, um, and then buy their products that have a great warranty. You might have to pay a little bit more um, compared to you know finding something on 
Amazon, um, but you'll never be able to talk to customer service. And I, and I doubt that uh, you'll have as much luck with warranty as well. So, um, you know, as far as waiters go, you know, something like that. Um, and, you know, this year I've ran all of Final Approach's camouflage and it is, it's been great. So they've definitely uh, stepped up the game in the last couple of years. It seems like they're coming up with uh, new products all the time and, and innovating and, and becoming a real player in the waterfowl um, camouflage industry. So I, I would definitely uh, uh, give them the nod for my recommendation. Um, and Dustin says, for you in the flyway, where views up or down this season on the YouTube channel, man, I just channel to channel, um, different parts of the season. I'm not going to complain. I was pretty, uh, um, pretty much the same as last year on my views. You'd like to see growth, uh, on your channel. Um, you know, I, I think some guys were down and some guys were up, but I think that's just part of the game. Um, we're all gonna have to be used to it and, and get used to it, I should say. And, um, you know, uh, tons of new guys coming up and I, I wish everybody luck. I'm glad that, uh, <laughs> I had, I didn't have to start now cause I think it's harder to start now than, than when we did, uh, we kind of got in on the ground floor, but still it's a, it's a dog eat dog world, um, and creating content in something that's like a, a super high hobby, uh, hobbyist, uh, space. So people are just willing to do what we do. Um, for free, right? And we we put in uh, a lot of time and effort, and and that's just the competition there, because right? everybody uh, that loves doing it or thinks about you making a YouTube channel or whatever is um, pretty passionate about it. So um, good thing for sure, but uh, you know um, <laughs> it doesn't make it easy on our end either, as far as if if we have uh, um, the desire to kind of go beyond just like. Uh, doing a podcast uh, weekly from my basement. Or, I mean, I don't think that'll ever change. Uh, but <laughs> I guess going beyond that, uh, I just don't know if if the waterfowl industry has that in them. You know, it's, I think it's always going to be things like Patreon group or or, or whatever that, that really helps us kind of create more content opposed to like, um, you know, and having great partners and, and that kind of stuff. It's I don't think anybody's going to go crazy as far as, um, getting crazy views on, on duck hunting on YouTube. Alrighty, let's keep going down. Johnny Smith says, why does FA not stand behind their their product? And he's just apparently super mad about it. But as far, I mean, they've always stood behind it as far as I can tell. Um, great customer service uh, and a great product. So I'm um, sorry, Johnny. I'd reach out to their customer service um, and uh, see what's going on with that. All right, Matthew Ashley, have you ever thought about putting uh, together a video of Chief's, Chief's Best Retrieves or Memories of Hunts? Uh, I have thought about that. It does sound like a great idea, um, but um, <laughs> it'd probably tear me up looking through all his, his videos right now. So, um, yeah, uh, definitely, he's definitely had a lot of great memories and retrieves over the years. Um, Hunter... I uh, don't know how to, I'm going to put your last name, but Heimerich says, um, if you can hear other parties' conversations, the duck march, are they too close? Um, yes, that's, yeah, that's too close. <laughs> We've probably all been there, but that's too close. Alrighty, Colton says, we'd love to hear about all the above, Chief Elliot, and what your plans are for the podcast moving forward with a new co-host or flying solo. Personally, I think the outdoor uh, that outdoor limits would be a great addition. Yeah, Josh would be um, a great addition. 
Uh, definitely we're, we're great buds. Had a great time with him in North Dakota um, on our collab. First time we've had a collab like that. So I should say, it seems like every time we get together, um, <laughs> we have a great hunt. Like on the collabs, um, we ended up our first hunts were together and we had great hunts. We had some great hunts in North Dakota as well. Made some uh, some great content, podcast and YouTube. So if you missed those, check them out. Um, but for now, I'm going to be doing flying solo. He also has his own podcast too. So, um, you know, probably wouldn't work out as far as that goes. Um, <clears throat> and I think we touched on everything else as far as plans moving forward, all that good stuff. All right, let's keep on going. Um Maybe it's already been said. This is from Ryan Millie. Maybe it's already been said, uh, already asked, but late season, is there any validation to cutting down spread size instead of bulking up if migrators haven't really hit an area, but there is still local birds? Um, man, that's uh, that's just a tough one. I think in every part of the country is a little different. Um, I like to just to, to match when I'm seeing on my scouts. Um, for me, it does seem late season like there's always – big flocks of geese for ducks. I mean, if there's no wind, it doesn't matter if I'm seeing big flocks, I still have to go with a small spread and, and run that motion ducks. I did that a lot this year where it's like seven ducks. I might've had like three floaters and the motion ducks. And we, we did really well with that. So I think this year I've probably killed more mallards than any other year and, and probably ran small spreads more than any other year. But I know um, that, that some guys in the central flyway, it's just not very likely that they're going to have small pockets of birds um, you know, they'll, they'll run those spreads of five to seven floaters, five to seven dozen, I should say, while I'm running the seven. So <laughs> I'm glad I don't have to pick them up. I'm glad I get to run my small spread and, and be successful for it. But I just say, you know, match whatever you're seeing in your area. Um, Josh Phillips, are you planning to get another pup? Um, man, right away, uh, I was kind of thinking to myself, man, it's going to be tough to get another pup. Uh, even now just thinking about another dog is going to be tough. Um, <laughs> but as a, as far as a duck hunter and content creator and, um, you know, just all of the above, I just, I just don't feel like it's duck hunting if you don't have a dog. Um, and I know by next, <laughs> by next, uh, season I'll be ready to go. Um, you know, I haven't hunted, uh, waterfowl since, since, uh, he passed away. Um, and I don't think that I plan to this year. I mean, maybe I'll, I'll think about sneaking out the last weekend or something. Um, that's kind of one of my rules is always to hunt, you know, the last, the last weekend of, of season. Um, and I've pretty much stuck through that all seven seasons. So, um, we'll see, we'll see what I, what I end up doing, um, on that front. But as far as planning to get another dog, um, the answer is yes, I, I definitely will. Um, and probably quicker than I'm, I'm ready for it. As far as <laughs> you just, you're just thinking about your dog, your, your, uh, your buddy, your, your best friend that you've had by your side. And it's just hard to think about another dog, uh, being that, um, even with my kid, uh, she's, she's five now and, uh, she got to <laughs> kind of grow up with chief. And, um, you know, I, when I, when I talk about a new dog with her, uh, she keeps saying the new dog is going to be chief, like name it chief again. So, um, yeah, definitely, definitely, uh, have, uh, I definitely will be getting a dog, um, probably as, as soon as I can, uh, to get that rolling, get, get another dog, uh, ready, uh, for duck hunting. 
Scott uh, Scott Scott Wright said, "I am sorry. Uh, I'm sorry, Chief Chief passed. He was a trooper and always a great companion to hunt with." Uh, Scott Hill says, "How about the challenges of hunting with new people in new places?" Um, definitely, yeah, definitely. It's always a challenge. Um, uh, did I say Scott Hill? That, that's Scott Wright again. So. Uh, apparently my eyes are playing tricks on me. Um, yeah, it's always a challenge. New people, new places, um, new places. That's just, you don't always know what to expect and, and new people, they might have different styles. It's just good to talk ahead, ahead of time. Who's going to be the shot caller, what type of shots you're looking to achieve. Just making sure everybody's on the same page. You know, we talk about different hunters being at different, uh, a different level hunter, whether they're, um, you know, um, an old timer and they really only want to shoot ducks feet down. I think that's what we all want to do, but old timers might just stick to that completely. Uh, whereas a young gun might, uh, pretty quickly, uh, maybe on the first flock, even if they can't really get them to commit, uh, go ahead and start pass shooting, um, and extending that range. So, uh, it's definitely good to talk about all those things and, and new places, man. I love that challenge. New places. Uh, I love map scouting and figuring out, uh, my game plan, um, for those new places, though, it's uh, it's great to try to talk to somebody that's local too, to give you some good insight and you know talk to DNR, make sure you know all the regulations. Alrighty, continuing down, uh, Hunter said, "What is the most memorable fun hunt of the year, and the one where everything came together?" Also, any takeaways from the year? Big uh, learning opportunities. Great question from my buddy over there in Iowa. Um, most memorable probably was for me um, was probably chief second to last hunt. Um, we're out there on the river in the last week of the season. We had our, our second split. That's, that's a week long, a little bit longer than a week. Um, but we had that big December um, Arctic blast that froze everything up. And I mean more than I've seen any other time in my hunting career. So um, there's just this part of the river that stayed open and I was able to get in there and I saw a bunch of birds there the day before on my scout scouting is key, man. If I didn't find that, I would, uh, you know, wouldn't have had those awesome hunts and was able to to get right out there. And um, just me and chief, <laughs> I, I tried talking multiple people into coming with me and nobody could do it on that day um, or thought it was worth it uh, off my scout, which, you know, I saw on, on a frozen river. I think I, I counted 30 birds, um, give or take. So that's kind of what I was going, going in off of, but it was just, honestly, I'm glad that me and chief just had that hunt sitting there on the river and birds. Just, I mean, some of the best working birds of my life um, where they're just flying around. Um, and I was jump, jumping them off the ice shelf. They're walking, They'd land in front of me. They jump off the ice shelf, um, and I and I shot my uh, solo limit there with Chief and uh, three Jakes and, and one hand, and and it was uh you know just a a great hunt. Chief did great, great on the retrieves, great on stand still and silent. While I had ducks swimming and walking on the ice at fifteen yards from me, um, so that's just a it's just a super memorable hunt. It's up on YouTube. Um, it's the last video I posted. And, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was a dandy. So 
as far as the rest of the stuff you said, <laughs> um, definitely had fun in, in Iowa this year. That was something new I've never done. I've wanted to do for a while. We had, we had a great time on the early teal, and then I came there for um, their second split. And honestly, finding that wood duck hole in the woods, and, and a lot of people, especially, I'm going to guess the Central Flyways guys are just going to call me crazy for uh, really enjoying a, a, a wood duck hunt like that. But when you get in a wood duck hole like that, and have them just buzzing around early season in, in large, larger numbers. And, uh, uh, just, <laughs> it was just a fun, a fun time. We had two and we hunted this little, uh, flooded slough back in the woods off the, the Mississippi river. So, uh, that was, that was maybe the, the most fun wood duck hunts are fun. Uh, they're not like classical, where you think about like a, a mallard hunt and, and them just working in perfect circle and calling, cupping in. And then, uh, you know, I would say mallard hunts like that are more classical than, than the wood duck are, are really, a really fun hunt. So <clears throat> as far as learning and, and takeaways, uh, I'm going to have to take more time to think about that than I <laughs> kind of on the spur here. Um, Kevin Barton says, um, I know I'll always cherish the hunts I was on with Chief. He was the reason I got my dog. So that's awesome. Kobe's a, a great dog for Kevin. I know a lot of you guys know Kevin from the YouTube channel. I still haven't got him on the podcast, which is kind of unbelievable with how often we've hunted. But uh, every time I've asked him, um, I don't know if he's uh, microphone shy or something. It's just <laughs> I haven't pushed that hard either. But hopefully uh, we get out on a, a trip sometime and I can get Kevin on the podcast as well all right taylor clark says uh, we need to up the pintail limit in utah and redheads okay well um uh yeah honestly i know nothing about uh pintails and redheads in utah so <laughs> uh I, ho- I don't know i don't know on that one hopefully your biologists know know what they're doing over there and and uh uh utah and they get to limits uh where they need to be <laughs> All right, Joe, I don't even know if I'm going to try your last name. Nope, I'm not. All right. Uh, why not? Or Why can't we have a Florida duck season extended into February or March? The birds finally show up the last three days of hunting season. Um, why can't you? Well, uh, the Treaty Act, I can't remember the exact name of it, but after the market hunting, um, as far as I'm aware, this is how it works. So they had to make all that where all the flyways um, and all the states had to buy by the flyways and the flyways had to buy by the federal and they make different regulations. Well, the last day anybody can have duck season anywhere is January 31st. Uh, that's the way I understand it. So that's why you can't have it in February and March. And so whenever they made that back in the day, it was just to protect waterfowl from being hunted um, to extinction, which, uh, you know, it was on the path to it when people were doing it for marketing or for marketing, for market hunting, to make money, to make a living instead of just hunting how we hunt for food and uh, for enjoyment. So, um, so that's, that's part of it. And I think partly why they put that date there is uh, because they start breeding um, and they want to protect the birds to allow them to do their natural breeding stuff. Okay. All right. Carl says, uh, Carl Birchfield, an easy last name. Thank you. Um, what made you want to video your hunts? Um, what are you using for video gear? Uh, honestly, 
like believe it or not there was not a lot of forethought into it i'd watched youtube my whole life i've been uh you know uh i feel like i i came into technology like my generation uh where it was just kind of like the first wave of it so it's just been uh, youtube has been a part of my life just forever so i've, I've kind of just thought of it as a natural thing um and had always had it in the back of my mind man that'd be cool to do and then i finally just decided to do it started my channel um and went from there so uh and i'm glad that i did it it's been uh it's uh been more than i ever could have dreamed it would be from different opportunities to uh people i've met across the country to buddies i have here locally as well it's just been it's been awesome um and i think that i am 10 times a hunter that i would be if i didn't uh spend so much time with content creation and podcasts and all that um what do i use for my gear honestly i keep it pretty minimal i'm a big gopro guy i think gopros are awesome this year i pretty much just used two gopros and that was it believe it or not so and then i do have some drones i have a big dslr but like those are really optional like if you wanted to start doing it just a gopro and then when you have the money a second gopro and you'll be off to the races all right jeremy says i'm sorry for your loss thank you jeremy uh, thank you, everybody, who's uh, giving me condolences for that. Um, Shane Smith, what's some advice you'd give to someone looking to get into waterfowl photography and videography? Um, and he goes on to say uh, he's completely green, but he really wants to start. Uh, just go for it, man. Um, go for it. I don't, I, I'm not really the expert, believe it or not, on photography or videography. Um, there's guys that are way better than me at it i'm just uh you know i do my best <laughs> but i think there's guys that blow me out of the water for sure so um but if there's something you know you just got to start it just go for it and uh see if you like it kind of thing um he also says uh he asked about a co-host as well um he said it'd be cool to see you and matt and thomas uh host together on a regular basis i've had those guys on my my podcast many many times out of the I think this is episode 250 or something like that. So, um, yeah, they'd, they'd both be great additions as well. Um, but like I said previously, for now, I think uh, that it's uh, uh, going to be best for me to, to fly solo on the podcast. All right, Chad Brandit. Uh, brother, so sorry for your loss. Maybe he'll be in duck heaven hunting about 500 yards from my jack retrieving for the angels. Appreciate that, Chad. Uh, Sean says, I'm terrible at names, so I'm not going to try your last name either. So don't be offended. Um, and I read this one beforehand. So he talked about how he uh, doesn't really have the drive to duck hunt anymore. He'd been doing it since he's, uh, four, um, with his dad and a close friend, um, hunted all the way through college about the 93 flood and his place was wiped out hunting there and there since, um, but not serious. And after his dad died, he struggled to get back into it, but still follows along with the migration. So, um, yeah, that's, uh, that's a tough one, man. Um, I guess I really don't have great advice on that, but you know, sorry to hear about all that on for sure. And hopefully, uh, you know, maybe just get out there a few times and, uh, you see a mallard cupping in and <laughs> work into the call and it'll, it'll light the fire again. Um, Mike Fowler said talk migration, migration, uh, lack of, especially Atlantic flyway beyond New York. 
Uh, that's a hard one for me because I, I didn't feel like uh, we lacked the migration. Uh, I think I killed more mileage this year than any other year. I didn't quite hit my goose numbers. Um, you know, it's partly just because I didn't target them as much, probably because we had ducks around. Um, and then uh, I didn't hunt late season. But as far as the lack of migration, um, that's a tough one for me because I didn't experience that. And I'm, I'm sorry to hear uh, that's how your season went. Um, Tim said, why don't you shoot three inch shells in your 20 gauge? Um, he also said, sorry for your loss, Jordan. Uh, so 20 gauge actually I usually do shoot 20 or three inch shells in my 20 gauge. Um, but this year, um, I accidentally went with two and three quarter. So I ran with two cases of it of two and three quarter. Um, and I burnt through a lot of those <laughs> early on. Um, I felt like I was a little worried about the two and three quarter, but I mean, I did really well with two and three quarter surprisingly. So I was boss two and three quarter number fives. So um, I did shoot some of those at geese. I don't think I'd recommend that um, for sure. I think I'd, I'd go with some more bang for geese, um, but that's that's what I had. And um, yeah, I, I definitely would not recommend that load for geese. Uh, I'd have some that I'd hit, and it'd be like delayed. Um, you know, you, you know, you hit them, you hit them close, and it'd be delayed. They'd fly a little bit further than you'd you'd like. Um, so, you know, I don't have any problem going with the 20 gauge, but three inch, probably number fours or threes for geese and three inch fives would be my go-to. Um, but two and three quarter, honestly, there's like zero kick. So it might be great for, um, you know, some beginners or people, new people getting into it. Uh, Robert said, sorry to hear about chief. Richard says, uh, must be behind on the video. So sorry to hear about chief. Um, so sorry, my friend. That's from Duck Guys. Um, and then Phil DeFreezer said, he, he asked me how I'm doing. Uh, Phil DeFreezer is one of my buddies from Michigan. So, um, yeah, he pretty much he talks about the lifespan of a dog compared to a, a human. And that's definitely a, a tough part of it because, um, you know, uh, they're just a little, a little blip on our whole lifespan with a, a dog's lifespan. And it's, it's a tough one for sure. All righty. Um, Brock Harrison says, very sorry to hear about chief man. Truly seemed like a great dog inspired me to get my own. Awesome. Brock. Hopefully your dog turns out great. Um, let's keep on going. Arlene says, I felt terrible when chief, when I, when I heard about chief, the worst part about having a dog is when they pass. So sorry. Uh, Doug Fowler. Wow. Um, how about an up to speed podcast? That's kind of what this has been. So I've been missing the show, but it sounds like you have some, some rough days. Sorry to hear that Jordan, but even though we have never met, I believe you are the kind of guy that'll keep on going. Looking forward to listening to you soon. Awesome. Doug. It is, it is out now. <laughs> You're hearing it now. So, uh, Doug for, a topic, how about the 20 versus 12 conversation? Uh, I keep pondering bore size as a 20 gauge with a uh, cylinder choke is close to a 20 or a 12 with full. So why do you behave so di- So why do they behave so differently? Um, you know, that is, that's a tough one, man. I never feel like I'm undergunned with a, with a 20 gauge, you know, as long as you got the right shells. And I wouldn't, like I said, don't go with two and three quarter number fives for geese, but Especially for duck, I've never felt undergun. Um, 
you know, and I've done some work with 20 gauges on, on geese as well. I, it's when I hunt, it just doesn't feel that different. Um, you know, it really comes down to what gun you shoot better, but I just know that that's like a feeling, right? If you go by the statistics and the science, I do believe that a 12 gauge, um, I mean, it has more shells, um, the, the, the BBs are going to be going at, at, uh, the same velocity, you know, so there's not, it's not like a 12 has more power or speed, but it's, uh, they, they have, uh, more BBs. So you, you just, it, you just up your odds, um, as far as that goes. Um, but we'd really have to have a gun expert, to, uh, to get into the nitty gritty of, um, the 20 verse 12 conversation, which is hard to do. I feel like everybody is super opinionated about it. Um, but I know for me and my personal experience that, um, you know, sometimes I almost feel better with a 20 gauge just because, um, for whatever reason, uh, the 20 gauges I've had in my life have fit like perfect and they shoot great and I knock birds down, um, awesome with them. So, um, for me, there's not a big notable, noticeable difference at all between 12 and 20. Alrighty, Dave, sorry to hear about chief and his passing, um, <laughs> sound like I was talking to Dave. Alrighty, next up we got Dave. Sorry to be here about Chief and his passing. Lots of love goes into owning a dog as special as him. You have memories with him that you'll keep for uh, keep his legacy alive uh, with you forever. Awesome, Dave. Appreciate that. Um, Rusty, is it true that anyone who doesn't water swat is a full choke, hundred yard skybuster? <laughs> it's probably not true. Um, but that would be silly if you're okay to sky bust, but not okay with water swatting. So, <laughs> alrighty. Well, I think that actually wraps up everything here. Like I said, guys, I definitely have some awesome plans for the podcast and the content. I'm going to, you know, keep on keeping on, um, keep on with all that content, um, and ideas for the future. I've, I pretty much had a hiatus and not really thought about any of it while I've just been on that hiatus, but I'm ready to come back strong. I'm going to line up some awesome guests for the podcast. And, um, you know, uh, you know, as far as the YouTube channel, uh, there won't be a lot on the YouTube channel. Um, like I said, maybe I'm not, I haven't decided exactly what, you know, what I need to put on YouTube, but I do need to put some type of video, um, about chief on the pie on the YouTube channel as well. Um, so stay tuned for all that guys. And this is going to be a year of change with some of the biggest changes I've had um, <clears throat> um, since I've started waterfowl hunting. So, um, you know, I'm definitely excited to see where the future goes. But that's all we got for tonight, guys. I'm Jordan from Duck and Chronicles, and we'll see you guys on the next one. Alrighty, folks, just a few things that I wanted to kind of tack on here to the end. Um, for those of you who are interested in the Patreon group, make sure you jump over there, uh, patreon.com and search for Duck Gun Chronicles or Duck Gun Podcast or the Duck or the Duck Gun Club. Um, and I didn't mention also with that, I will be doing um, my hunt giveaway uh, for the patrons over there. It won't be a uh, It'll be pretty simple. Just if you're part of the Patreon group, you get an entry. That's uh, what we're going to do for that. And I'm going to pick one winner um, to come join me on an awesome hunt during the season. So definitely, definitely stay tuned for that. Um, and also, I did want to mention, I didn't really mention about Chief's age. Um, he would have been seven on February 11th. So uh, anyways, guys, that's all I had for updates here to 
to finish off the podcast. I'm Jordan, Duck and Chronicles, and we'll see you guys on the next one.